No Jordan Marshall? No problem. Ohio State recently picked up a commitment from one of the best running backs in the 2024 recruiting class. James Peoples says he's leaving the Lone Star State to play football in Columbus. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Buckeyes fans, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is a Wednesday, April 5th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you. For making lots of Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, we welcome back to the show John Garcia Jr. John is Locked On's football recruiting insider. John and I go in depth about Ohio State's recent commitment from four-star running back James Peoples out of the state of Texas. We also talk about how the Buckeyes might get a commitment from a Columbus kid from Pickerington North High School, Sam Williams-Dixon. John has mentioned Williams-Dixon twice over the past couple weeks when John's been on with us, and he hasn't been a part of the group of players we're going to discuss during those particular shows. But today, we go in-depth about Williams-Dixon and what he is as a football player and what the Buckeyes would get if he commits to Ohio State as well. And joining us now... Here on Locked on Buckeyes, it's our favorite guy to talk about Buckeye recruiting with. It's John Garcia Jr. He is Locked on's football recruiting insider. There was a commitment over the weekend and a Buckeye that's in, well, a potential Buckeye uh, player who might commit to Ohio State in the future, who's in state, actually in Columbus, who John and I will talk about today. John, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Not, not as well as your audience. This run that Ohio State is on is strong and uh it looks like more is on the way i'm sure we'll talk about that at at the right time but yeah the buckeyes are hot on the trail right now uh and, and this running back get james peoples is a, a really big deal so excited the, the trail is hot the commits are coming in they had the armstrong twins in-state prospects that committed about a week week and a half ago maybe and then over the weekend James Peoples. Now, it would have been an April Fool's joke to some if he committed on April Fool's Day, but he committed on April the 2nd. James Peoples, running back out of San Antonio, Texas, goes is coming up to the Midwest to play football in the near future. He chose Ohio State over some big names, so it's really a big thing for Ohio State to get this guy this time of year. 100%. And look, we talk about it all the time, Jay. Ohio State, to be successful, has to recruit nationally, and one of those strongholds is the state of Texas. You can probably name any recent good Buckeyes roster, and there's going to be a Texan that stands out. You can go back to JT Barrett, certainly J.K. Dobbins, even a Baron Browning, a Jeff Okuda. I mean, there's a lot of big-time Texans, Garrett Wilson, hello, that have come up to Columbus and, and really made an impression. So so there is a true pipeline there, and that state is, is wide open. So you can go in and compete with the Longhorns like, like you couldn't do 10, 15 years ago. Correct. And Ohio State continues to show that prowess, and this is another great get uh, for the Buckeyes. We talked about sort of the optics of losing Marshall, the in-state running back, to the rival Wolverines. And I think this is this is immediate response stuff. You know, they won't admit it. Alford won't admit it. Heartline won't admit it. But this comes optically as, as a nice rebound in losing Marshall. Peoples is right there from, from a running back perspective, right with him. Uh, obviously, great competition in the San Antonio area. 
and ultra productive 2000 yards as a junior this past season. And like you said, Jay really blew up as a national recruit, not only with Ohio state and Penn state, some of the out of state schools, but of course, Texas was, was heavy in on him trying to keep him close to home. A lot of sec programs got in uh, on peoples to try to grab him uh, in the near future as well. But Ohio state got him on campus early and often multiple visits to Columbus on his own dime. And look, when I saw him rocking the custom scarlet and gray uh, Crocs in that one photo he posted, I'm like, this is over. He's going to Ohio State. Uh, And good on him for not doing it on April Fool's because (laughs) in our industry and recruiting, it's a rough day. April Fool's is a rough day on social media. A lot of recruits every year take advantage, post fake commitments, fake commitment dates, so much garbage. So, Kudos on, on peoples for moving it to the next day. Uh, but but nobody was really surprised that he became a Buckeye uh, over the weekend and, and a huge way to kick off the month of April, as you mentioned. It's huge. It's, it's a huge thing. And you mentioned that Jordan Marshall and him committing to the rival school. It, it's something like Ryan Day and Tony Alford are like, look, y'all could have it. Like, not saying y'all could have him like he's, like he's um, just a, a wasted talent. I'm not saying that, but he's like, if you guys can take an in-state guy, okay, cool. We've been focusing a lot on the in-state Midwest stuff. Let's go down to the state of Texas that produces so much talent, sometimes at every position year in and year out, and bring this kid up here. And, John, I look at him, and I always like to look and see what other things you do as an athlete. And I got some stats here that are kind of mind-boggling and blowing my mind as well from what he did this past season. But – he was a track guy. Now, I don't know if he ran track or if he's running track um, right now, which is his junior year. So I don't know if he's running track now, but ran track freshman year, ran track sophomore year, uh, 15.81 to the 110 hurdles, 21 feet plus in the long jump. Now, those might not be state championship winning numbers. That's great. But he is still doing something in another sport that's helping him in football. But John, I've also seen him, and I've seen how that stuff translates to the football field. So I love the connection from freshman, sophomore running track and how he's able to put those skills and utilize them on the football field every Friday night. What I what I like about how Peoples uses that translation is he gets to top speed Man. in a hurry. You Man. Know, there, there's not a lot of wasted motion in a lot of these modern spread RPO type systems, you're kind of waiting for the running back to get going. You're like, come on, let's go hit the hole, press it. Uh, James does that very, very quickly, gets to top speed really sometimes before the second level defenders get a hand on him. And then you mentioned it, he's got a lot of long speed and top end speed on top of that. So oftentimes he's running away from defensive back. So uh, he's got a bit of an upright motion, uh, upright form, I should say, with the ball in his hands. Not something we harp on as much from an evaluation perspective as we used to. We we used to talk about eye formation, low pad level Mm -hmm. coming through, delivering punishment after your fullback leads the way. It's a different game nowadays. You can play with more of an upright style and still be incredibly successful, especially if you can pick them up and put them down and run and people's in the open field, I would say he's quicker and faster than those track and field marks may suggest. And he's doing so on a, a pretty solid frame, six foot right around 200 pounds. So he's carrying good weight on top of that. And he's, he's breaking arm tackles in the process. So yes. I think you got a lot of big playability in this type of running back. He's comfortable out of the backfield 
as a receiver as well, though uh, he's a no doubter downhill press the hole and explode type of back. And obviously in any scheme that's big, but especially big in a spread wide open offense like Ohio State wants to run. John, I know when I was coming up um, in high school, we used to always look at rivals. That was a big recruiting database back then. And um, there were different um, <clears throat> categories, quarterbacks. You had your dual threat quarterback. You had your pro style quarterback. And I don't remember all the different things for running backs, but um, sometimes there was an all purpose back. And there was another yeah. kind of uh, description for a guy in the running back department because you wanted to try to say, yeah, this is their position, but this is their style. Would you describe James Peoples as an all-purpose back? I would. I would. There's plenty of samples of him catching the football on tape, even split out as a slot receiver or a wide receiver. Um, you know, his bread and butter is certainly, you know, pressing the hole with the ball in his hands, but getting it to him in other ways is certainly within his skill set. And look, another year of high school ball ahead of him in 2023. So I think he could polish that up even more so and really display some three down ability as a blocker and as a, as a receiver. But uh, there's no doubt that he's got a lot of modern traits again, already in a wide open spread offense. So he already is, is familiar and excels in that sort of dynamic, which again is, is not typical. A lot of these great high school running backs are in offenses that are like, Hey, we have a blue chip running back. We're going to give him the football. So what do you get? Wing T single wing I formation. You get heavier offensive styles that are a little bit more old school so to have it with a back that is still the bell cow of, a, of his high school program but from a spread perspective I think is is really uh, it's easier to translate that to what Ohio State does because he's going to be patrolling that position similarly when he does get to the collegiate level but there's no doubt there is all-purpose three down value in what people's brings to the table uh, and I think it's something that he will actually enhance as a senior and certainly when he gets to Columbus for good thereafter this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. What would you say are a couple weaknesses in his game? Yeah, that upright style from I'm old school a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I still I, I don't shudder at it, but I still nitpick it just a little bit. Uh so I do think it, it creates a bit of a, a wider target area. But look, he compensates for it. He's fast. Uh he's he's got this subtle quickness to him where he it's not gonna be a, a Noel Divine Tavon Austin kind of juke that makes a guy, you know, cross over and break his ankles, but he can eliminate those angles with subtle movement and he's physical enough. To, to break some arm tackles. So that pad level isn't, again, as big of a worry as it used to be. Uh, and he's so explosive and such a big play threat that we don't get, Jay, we don't get on his tape a lot of short yardage, goal line, let's be gritty and physical, Ezekiel Elliott style of runs 
on his tape. But but again, that could be a product of circumstance just as much as anything else. So I do think he's got the frame and the physicality and surely the athleticism to play a little bit more physically. And that's where I like running backs to be hurdlers because what are you doing? You got you to gotta have a, a high center mm-hmm. of gravity and, and balance on yeah. top of it, right? So you've got to get your knees, your, your hips, everything up really high while running full speed. And I think that's a great trait for running backs because, you know, you always hear you hear coaches, high knees, get your knees high, tuck the football. That's something that's going to help him break more tackles physically when he gets to into the Big Ten and, and ahead of Big Ten ball because obviously it becomes much more of a necessity than it does, you know, playing high school ball in San Antonio. John, the hurdles, the high, the 110 hurdles, the 300s. I know some people do 400s. It's like ne- I like, I used to go to track events. I like watching track meets on TV every now and then. It's kind of some casual viewing this time of year. It's never the my most, my favorite thing to watch. It's sometimes I can watch and say, oh, it's smooth, it's going over, but it's never really the exciting, as exciting as 100 or sure. the 200. I love the four by four myself. But the 110 stuff, it's great for a running back. You mentioned the high knees, but it's also, as you say, that balance and the ability to jump over, but you can't jump over and get off step and uh, have an extra step because you're going to throw off your entire cadence. And I see that a lot with this young man, and I I hope and I wonder if this can translate. Now, you mentioned also the um, running style. I I thought Darren McFadden, because I heard people always say he had an upright style. And he was tall, taller than people's. Yep. To me, that's dangerous. Like that big target that you're opening yourself up to, that's dangerous. Because you mentioned Big Ten ball, just football in general. Notre, Ohio State plays Notre Dame coming up. I believe they have a home-and-home home scheduled with Texas. Um, USC and UCLA are joined to the Big Ten. Like, you're playing some big boy football. So that upright style, I know Tony Alford's like, look, you're you're really good, man. But Tony Alford's going to be like, look, we got to work on this because I don't want to lose you your freshman year because your chest is open and exposed to all these brutal hits. Yeah, and look, we're, we're nitpicking a little bit. But look, yeah. when you're a blue chip recruit, four-star, Ohio State kind of recruit, this is this is what we do from an evaluation perspective. So if that's where we're spending our time, it could be a lot worse, right? We could say, hey, there's no juice. There's no physicality. There's no speed. There's no big playability. You know, this is kind of a serviceable back, not a lead back. You know, we're not – saying any of those things in particular but yeah if we want to nitpick the, the the style is upright but we've seen nfl backs doing that like you said Darren mcfadden tj yeldon comes to mind for mm-hmm. me very upright style another guy who was like six one who ran that way so I, I do think he compensates for it with legitimate athleticism and top end speed but look tony offered's tony offered for a reason right he's going to coach that uh the right way there at o-state so i'm not too worried about it but, yeah, I think physicality and upright style are, are areas for improvement more than weaknesses. The Buckeyes went outside of the Midwest, outside of the state of Ohio to get James Peoples. But there's a guy that's right there in Columbus that's really high on the Buckeyes' radar at this point in time. It's Sam Williams-Dixon from Picker- Pickerington North High School. And I think the last two times we've had John on, this name has come up. And it hasn't been me saying John um, this is on our list of guys to talk about. No, John has just been throwing this name out there for a particular reason. John, why do you love Sam Williams Dixon? And why do you think Ohio State loves him as well? Because he's a he's just a gritty back. Yeah. I, I think every he's easy to, to root for because he brings some of the counter to what people's theoretically brings. Uncommitted right now, although he's talking about 
a spring decision, Ohio State, Penn State, Kentucky. Miami's trying to get involved here, which is interesting to me. So another national recruit, even though he's he's an Ohioan, but he's a gritty back. And he's got speed to burn as well. He, he's a great kick returner. He split outs and runs fades as a wide receiver. So there's legitimate all-purpose and three-down ability and top-end speed. But there's a lot of grit here as well. Very good short area quickness low pad level explosive in short spaces we we do get more short yarded samples on on his tape relative to people so i actually think it's great from the ohio state perspective and look you're in state you want him he's a back tony offer all the, all the stuff we just mentioned you're going to be the favorite going into a spring decision unless something changes in in very short order this is what you build when you bring in two players at the same position you want that variance so if Peoples is your change of pace, three down, home run hitter, Dixon could be your first and second down, more conventional in between the tackles type who brings a little bit more physicality to the table. And, and they're very similar from a size perspective as well. They're both in that 5'11", 200 pound, six, six foot, 200 pound range. So I like that as well. Kind of blank slates from a physical perspective, but not to the point where you're like, oh man, they're too small to play in the Big Ten, to play Notre Dame, to play Michigan, to play Penn State, et cetera. So I really like the floor from both of these backs and they do balance each other out if they are to become sort of the one-two punch one day there in Columbus. But Williams Dixon, again, in-state, uh, gritty kid from the inner city who, who has since moved to Columbus. And, and the last time I talked to him about Ohio State in particular, he said, they hadn't really recruited a back like that. You know, he actually mentioned Archie Griffin as one of the oh, last wow. kind of inner city backs that they've brought in uh, for, from his area. So fascinating story behind him as well. And you see that grit play out on tape. And that's again, that's just something that's easy to root for. You know, I was um, looking at and thinking about Ohio State bringing in two guys, potentially bringing in two guys in this recruiting class. And uh, we talked about how there's. Deontay Trainum or Chip Trainum, the transfer from Arizona State, who's there at Ohio State. Travion Henderson, you got Mayan Williams, you got Evan Pryor, you got Dallin Hayden, you got a couple, uh, you got a um Hartson, the walk-on running back this year. You got TC Coffee. Another, I mean, the running back room is is loaded. A couple walk-ons who could play in mop-up duty this season. You got four or five guys that can potentially be starters or backups at any school in the country. So I'm thinking about these two guys together and a waiver, really, Williams Dixon to get on the field early, earlier than maybe expected, could be special teams. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come out here and be um, on every special team this freshman year. Don't get me wrong, but Chris Olave made a name for himself and really helped a Buckeyes fall in love with him by blocking a punt against Michigan his freshman year. I saw in his highlight film and clips of Williams Dixon. He blocked, I believe it was a field goal. And yeah. then his teammate, I believe, ran that thing back. And so if you want to make a name for yourself, when you know that you're you're walking into a room which is littered, literally littered with elite talent, walking into a room with one of the best running back coaches in the country, and you know you're an incoming freshman that's not going to play, how can you get on the field early? Special teams. And that's a way to not only get on the field, but also to get the eyes of Tony Alford saying, oh, this man's grinding on the special teams. Maybe we can work him a little bit more and see – is he ready earlier than expected to get on the field at running back? So if he's going to come in and be coming in with people's great, I would love this duo, but buddy stick with that special teams mindset, go out there and do those things. You block a kick or two, or uh, maybe, maybe he's a gunner. I don't know, John, but whatever he is, he comes out there and plays specials. 
man, that's a great way to get every coach's eye and say, oh, he's doing this. Maybe we should think about putting him on the field at running back earlier than we thought we would when we were when we were recruiting him. That's a great point, Jay. And yeah, he's got a lot of special teams reps on his tape. You mentioned the block kicks. He's returning kicks and punts there as well. So there's a lot of experience. And we mentioned earlier, you know, he's a football player. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's lining up at, as a traditional receiver, catching 60-yard passes down the field. So there's just a lot of just football player in the, the, mm-hmm. the game of, of Sam Williams-Dixon. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of his. And he brings the grit on top of it and the physicality. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to like there, even though he won't be the five-star Travion Henderson flashy player of the year All-American. Still a lot to like and obviously close to home, right? He emphasizes that that Ohio Midwestern angle that we are clearly seeing from the coaching staff this cycle. Uh, and again, if he does pick Ohio State, he reemphasizes that rebound, that pivot after losing out on another big in-state target. And, and I think we'll track those two, you know, as journalists, we'll just track those two going <laughs> forward, right? The two best backs in Ohio, one goes to O State, one goes to Michigan. How do they how do they perform in college? How does it go? thereafter that will be fascinating to to track and it'll be an an inevitable conversation and comparison for both of them john two more things for you one of them is going to be the same question or similar question that i ask about people's what are some weaknesses in sam williams dixon's game yeah i think he's got a lot of creative energy i like to call it he he'll spin out of something reverse field play a lot of lateral ball stiff arm there's just a lot in his in his toolbox so I think sometimes on tape, you want him to kind of stick to plan A. Hey, just just hit the hole and grab your eight yards as opposed to reversing field and, and kind of getting a little too ambitious at times. We talk about it a lot more at, at quarterback and some of these other positions, maybe guys who are turnover worthy because they're, yeah. they're gunslingers. I can, I can fit the ball in that little window. But we see that at other positions as well. And, and Williams-Dixon, again, that grit, that mentality of, hey, I'm never getting tackled can sometimes be a negative and maybe you lose yards. Maybe you you work laterally instead of north-south at different points. So I just think kind of the ambition in his game can can be a plus and a minus uh, given a situation, you know, fourth and one. If if that hole isn't there, press it anyway instead of bouncing it outside and, and potentially losing yards or whatever it is. But again, those are all coaching points, right? If we're talking about lowering your pad level or or bouncing versus staying on the hole those are mental situations which is mm-hmm. exactly what you want you don't want it to be a physical limitation where hey you know this guy's is slow he's a slow back he, he's he's he kind of takes a while to get going those physical limitations if we were able to see them on tape i think would be much bigger detractors than something that's mental and, and frankly coachable right again all these guys have another year of high school ball, and then you get Tony Alford every day. So you're going to get a lot of this kind of coached out of your system early at your your Ohio State career. So I do think if that's the starting point for the area's improvement for both of these potential Buckeye backs, that's ideal and, and kind of reemphasizes why both of these guys are so high on the board and why both of these guys have been prioritized by the program for a long time. John, last thing for you, who or what players could be the next to commit to Ohio State? Well, if we're looking at it from a timeline perspective, uh, we're recording this April 4th. Uh, April 8th is a circled commitment date for Aaron Olin, quarterback recruit who was just at Ohio State this past weekend, 
kind of a formality, but he hadn't received the the official offer from the Buckeyes. So naturally, uh, Day and Dennis and Hartline, everybody did it in person while he was in Columbus over the weekend. Uh, so I think that formality, that in-person feel hits different. And, and the tune surrounding Nolan has really shifted. And look, this is a, a national quarterback recruit, top 100 kid, state champion, who has Bama and Clemson and AM and Miami, a bunch of schools, Arkansas high on his list, but but Ohio State getting the last visit, extending that offer in person, uh, in a in a scheme that really fits Nolan's game. This is a true point guard on the field and a mm-hmm. lefty, by the way, which will be interesting. Mm. I do feel like Ohio State has legitimate momentum for this verbal commitment. And and he announced that April 8th commitment date even before taking that trip to Columbus. So you have to wonder how much expectation came with that relative to gaining that Ohio State scholarship offer. And you know from Ohio State's perspective, you kind of want to nip this in the bud now from a quarterback perspective, right? Because last cycle, uh, ups and downs at the position, Brock Glenn commits and then decommits, ends up at Florida State. This cycle, you've already dealt with that with Dylan Rayola decommitting, mm-hmm. I think, back in December. So you want Ohio State wants to be done in terms of its pursuit for that top quarterback as early as possible. So Nolan setting that April 8th commitment date, maybe even if Ohio State wasn't ready to extend the offer, maybe that accelerated things. He took the visit. He loved it. Uh, there's a lot of we talk about Texas influence and Florida influence at Ohio State. A lot of Georgia influence there as well, including Nolan's former teammate at Langston Hughes High School, Jelani Thurman, big-time tight end recruit uh, who is surely beating that Ohio State drum uh, to to get him to Columbus for good. So I do think the Buckeyes are in the driver's seat, though. Clemson, Miami, A&M all right there in in this recruitment, so that'll be a big one for the Bucs and and everyone involved. John, love having you on the show. The next time we have you on – there's a good chance there will be one, maybe two players, maybe more than that, that commit to Ohio State between this time and the next time you and I talk Ohio State recruiting. If you could let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter to stay up to date with everything going on with recruiting, not just the 2024 class, but all the recruits that are getting recruited right now. Yeah, busy time of year, and we're talking about it a ton on, on social media, so please follow John Garcia underscore JR on Twitter, Instagram, and I think everything else. <laughs> John's also available on locked on uh, all the locked on college shows. Yeah. Um, he talks recruiting. So if you want to get updates on maybe Florida Gators or the Texas Longhorns or Notre Dame or maybe Michigan, John's on all these shows. So be sure to talk to uh, catch up with John on not just here, but all the other shows to know what's going on at other schools around the country and the recruiting as well. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Love having John on. I can't wait to see what John or hear what John has to say the next time he's on because, like I say, there's always a chance we'll be talking about another commit when John and I get together once again. John Garcia, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jay. Always a pleasure.